Hey, this is Mike Doherty with Brown Coat to Redemption, and you know what's shiny? Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It will make us duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye-bye Saturday night. Good evening, everybody. It's TalkCast 203 tonight in 4D. Deep in Area 51 in sub-level 22 promenade adjacent to the Frosty Freeze and right next to Limpy Tim's Galactic Goose Jerky Shack. I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight are the usual suspects. In the Revere Time Vortex, our violent soundboard vixen, president of technicalness, sometimes level-headed, oft-times outspoken, occasionally awesome, potentially acerbic, calling the kettle black tonight, Kriana. Oh, I'm going to call the kettle a couple more things before we're done. <laughs> From the stats <laughs> of the personal even... silence zone in the dank dungeon reading room, talking over her now, staff writer for Robot E! Weekly, she's got books and cats who may or may not be mechanical, and I... Love her mechanical books. It is the Zombrarian. I don't understand mechanical books. You've taken it a bridge too far, Dome. I know. I kind of like it, too. <laughs> Let's burn that bridge. Okay. From the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our ginger ingenue, the woman best remembered, uh, the choreographer in Dirty Dancing Zombie Jamboree, Dust Bunny in the Cleaning Room of Horror, it is the Dead Redhead. But would mechanical books burn at 411 degrees? No, they would burn at 451. Oh, 451. That's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've blown the Bradbury reference. Nicely okay, done. the joke went, went flat. I, I own that. The joke went flat and, oh, well, there are a number we of places. We need a wah, wah, I've got that. But what I really want is a Zamboni. There we go. I deserve that one. About five years ago, uh, when we went to our very first Boston Comic Con, deep in the bowels of some uh, hotel basement, and I don't remember exactly where what hotel it was. The Bayside Expo or something? No, 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 no. About five years ago, it, uh, it was a whole bunch of little tiny rooms all over the place in this basement of a hotel. Mm-hmm. And we, we were in the awesomest room. We were in a very weird place, and sitting diagonally across from us in that very weird place was this guy who did just some incredible work, and we were looking at it, and we got to talking to him. And he's become one of our good friends at cons over the years. Uh, we welcome to the show tonight, Art O'Callaghan. Art, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Uh, good to hear from you guys. I remember that show very well. <laughs> that was one of the oddest shows ever, wasn't it? It was it was fine, you know. It was it was like a bad setup, but look how far they've come, you know. They've they've, they've done well. Oh my goodness! The last show at uh, at uh, the sea uh, the Seaport Trade Center was just amazing. I'm gonna mm -hmm. say, Dome, you need a good flogging because it's a horrifying oversight that Art hasn't been on the show before now. 
Well, we keep talking about having art on the show, and I keeps going, well, I don't really have anything other than my... And then all of a sudden, about three months ago, he had something. And we're going to be talking about Rogan because it looks really, really cool. I've seen a couple of videos that he's done using the characters, and uh, actually, Dave Von Doom has just done a review of his first comic in the Rogan series. And that will be posted up on the website this weekend as well. And we'll be talking about all that and more. Wow, I sound like a top 40 DJ all of a sudden. <laughs> but first, the news. Dead Redhead, what are your last minute comments about? Rock and Shock. Rock and Shock 2013. And we're going to be down there. I'll have my shirt on. X and I will be hanging around. So <laughs> folks are there. On. Huh? <laughs> You're not going topless. You need to have a shirt on. Well, you've done, you've been to Rock and Shock. You've seen what it's like down there, don't we? <laughs> um, but quickly, our our friends who like Holliston, we know that the cast is going to be there. We've got Laura and Corey and Adam, and who doesn't want to see Laura for one thing? Um, and Corey and Adam and Dee Snyder, the big addition who we're really excited about. You can try to win a date with Adam and have go to the mock auditions. There's Sharknado guys. Um, it'll probably be, the second day will be done by the time some folks hear this on Saturday. Uh, but we have interviews all planned out with uh, several Walking Dead actors and uh, somebody from the first season of American Horror Story. So we're hoping to get those up for you. And while we're talking about that, coming up in the very near future, in fact, in about three and a half weeks, is Rhode Island Comic Con. Woo! And we're very much looking forward to that. I'm going to get my ass 3D scanned again. Literally, my ass. <laughs> Literally. And get it printed up in shiny metal. Yes! <laughs> yes! That needs to happen. And ha then have a spoon made out of it so that people are constantly biting your shiny metal ass. It would make a fairly sizable spoon. You could eat soup out of my ass. Gross! Okay. You've taken it too far! You've taken it too far! Once again, we too far too soon, man. <laughs> Art, Art, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I just, I just took the dog out of the room, so he, she's not horrified. <laughs> Perfect. A new guest addition to Rhode Island Comic Con is Luciana Caro of Falling Skies, Caprica. Uh, uh, she was in Smallville. She was also in Everwood. Um, looks like it's going to be uh, fun. We did, however, lose uh, Von Craig from the Batman. No Batgirl. So there will be no Batgirl. Von has canceled all her appearances for the remainder of this year. Hey. Unfortunately. Well, we'll just have to take over then. It'll just be Julie Newmar, Burt Ward, and Adam West. And frankly, cannot wait for another shot at Adam West. Oh, yeah, maybe, just Julie oh. Newmar. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> Dome, think about maybe, what you're saying. Maybe he'll sing to us again. That's I right. can't wait for another shot with Adam West. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> I cannot wait to nail Adam West's ass. Uh, no. Too far. What? That's what I meant. And I'd also like to uh, say, Nichelle Nichols, I would love five minutes with you just to talk. Nothing else. 
we'll just talk. Yeah, right. No, well, careful. And Kriana is going to speak once again to Billy D. Williams. Yeah, he was really drunk <laughs> last time. This time, I'm going to be the one who's drunk. There you go. <laughs> Anything else going on at Rhode Island that we want to talk about right now? Or I'm we want sure to talk there's going to be a million things going on. Gazillion, gazillion. Yeah. It is a very small state. It's a very small state, but a very huge. Oh, but I'm <laughs> sure things do happen there almost constantly. Yeah. I don't know. That was a re- Can I get a want want sound for that joke? Where that was we really going sad. We're trying I'm to go too there. lazy, but I will give you a sprawling. That. I can't I have handle no that. Idea where we're going with that. None whatsoever. Hey, guys, isn't Sam J. Jones going to be there in Broad Island? Sam Jones, as in Flash Gordon? Yeah. You bet. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. F yeah, man. Can't wait. <laughs> you can say fuck on our show. It's okay. No, nah, my kids are in the next room. I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll do it for you then. No, that's okay. That's like TV F and it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Sorry, I can't small children. No, they're far away. I can hear them. They're causing a ruckus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I can't. They know I can't leave here and go yell at them. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Sam, and that would be awesome. And you know, our our segment producer Drew has said to me repeatedly, "Why is Marky Ramon going to be there? And can I meet him?" Uh, yeah. When was the last time she produced a segment? Just <laughs> curious. Keep talking. Keep talking. Uh, and uh, yeah. so we're looking at that. And once again, uh, we'll be meeting up with our old friend Tommy Sotos. Which I think is kind of cool. Legendary designer. Legendary designer. Did you know that Terry Kenley did uh, Count Chocula? I had no idea he was the voice of Count Chocula. Did you know that Christopher Eccleston is going to be in Thor 2? Because I totally missed that. Yeah, actually I did hear that. I, I did not know that. but And I was going to go see it anyway. But now I'm like doubly going to go see it. <laughs> It looks like it's going to be great fun. The only way they could make it better is by adding Hugo Weaving at this point. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Please tell me that Hugo Weaving is actually going to be in there. No. If you have Hugo Weaving and Tom Hiddleston in the same movie, no, that would be, that there's would be just too many crazy. cheekbones. <laughs> the, the universe will implode. Hey, uh, I want to take 30 seconds and... Uh, I got my latest uh, latest issue of Sci-Fi or Siffy magazine. Uh, Why? Uh, well, because it's kind of interesting to read the propaganda from them. And there was in there there was a, a seven or eight page article on Ender's Game. Uh, and as I was kind of throwing out the pages, because I have some real problems with Ender's Game, um, there was a little sidebar in it, and I just thought it needed addressing. Uh, and the title of the sidebar is Gavin Hood, who is the director on the Orson Scott Card controversy. Um, wait, wait, can we just clear this up for a minute? Because I hate it when people use the word controversy when none exists. Orson Scott Card is a dick. There's no controversy. Well, yeah. there is a controversy, and he'll tell you exactly what it is. Um... Uh, Card is now embroiled in a controversy pertaining to comments he made against same-sex marriage. As a result, Card ticked off a wide swath of people, many of whom may boycott the film as a result. Hood addressed the issue in an extensive interview with 
the uh, sci-fi magazine extensive, which is only like two and a half paragraphs here. So that bothers me a little bit. Well, when you're talking, um, that feels like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, you may be right. Anyway, um, continue. And I'm just going to read a couple of quotes by Gavin Hood. It's obviously distressing when you feel particularly drawn to a piece of art and you find yourself at odds with the political or social views of the creator of that work of art. This isn't new. It's a dilemma that faces anyone who listens to Wagner or watches Mel Gibson's work at this point. It's a dilemma, and I fully respect the strength of people's feelings and the feelings that they have about it. For me, I read the book many years ago, and it meant a lot to me because I was drafted into the military when I was 17. I felt a strong connection with scenes and ideas in the book. I was dismayed by Orson's views on gay rights. So for me, it's a dilemma. But the movie isn't about that. The themes and ideas in the movie are about compassion and empathy and tolerance, and the author is struggling, perhaps for religious reasons, to apply those ideas to the questions of the lesbian and gay community's rights. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, I, I call shenanigans on that one. I don't. I definitely do. Well, you well, haven't read the book, so what is your opinion even This is textbook justification. Oh, it's not really racist, because he didn't necessarily mean it in a racist way. Yeah, still racist. Um, well, he's, he is a horrible, bigoted dick. I admit <laughs> that completely. And, and yes, What I'm saying do... is that the book is not a horrible, bigoted book. When was the last time you read it? About... Four months ago. Because I, I, I think it to... might be a horrible, bigoted book, and you're choosing not to see it that way. I see but now. Unless you, you find a way to get it for free, which I know there are many, many ways to do that, um, but it, unless you find a way to get it for free when you are buying the material, that way you're giving your money to this person who is exhibiting that behavior. Well, that's why you can get it from the library. Personally, well, no, I wouldn't even get it from the library because then you're upping the num his library numbers and they'll buy more copies of it. Actually, they won't. That's not how it works. Don't worry. I wouldn't. I would definitely steal it. <laughs> the dilemma here. The <laughs> dilemma here is: Can you justify um, going to see the movie? Putting money in cards' pockets, right. knowing this that is the this easiest is... dilemma ever. Black and yeah. white. No, you well, cannot. No, I'm gonna steal it. Well, no, no, not that's... even. I'm gonna totally ignore its existence. But here's if he gets if he gets numbers that way, then they'll want to do more of his stuff. So but you don't get numbers if you steal. Right and my problem with it is this. doing for the past month or so is kind of feeding the Twitter gods here uh, for the show. And, you know, daily the propaganda machine for Ender's Game has been pumping out beautiful pictures and beautiful interviews and, and wonderful clips and in, clearly in an attempt to overcome the, the, the viciousness of what Card has done. And I've completely ignored it. And I've, we've also gone out of our way not to mention anything about the movie um, we talked about it a little bit a little bit and then we kind of all decided 
that's enough and that's it. And I, I even really considered not bringing it up this time, but I just thought that this kind of quizzling attitude in this uh, article, well, if you listen to Wagner's music, you could watch this movie. Well, this is how Tea Party Republicans shut down our fucking government. What? Oh, people, great. people are willing to waffle over things that are stupid to waffle on. Mm-hmm. That was, I feel, see, and I feel like I have, I have a very different view on it because I have read the book and because I enjoyed the book, and I didn't, and the thing is, I didn't read the book until I was an adult, so it's not, you know, for me, it's not even, oh, there's this really deep nostalgia thing going on. Um, which there is for a lot of people, and I completely understand that. But I do enjoy the book, and I do think it would make a really good movie. My moral qualm is not with the piece itself. I feel like Ender's Game as a book, and probably Ender's Game as a movie, really, is going to be great. Really, because when I've read about it, it should be. It's not a very nice book. You haven't yeah. read it. I've read, read the Cliff Notes version, and I, I'm really, really, <laughs> it's, it gives me a sense of revulsion. Well, it's supposed to. Well, then why would you like that? There are some decent messages in the book. The problem is not the book itself. Exactly. The, the the, no, the problem simply comes down to this. Do you wish to support financially right. or even socially the creator of that work? Right, and that's kind of where my dilemma lies in that I know I would enjoy the movie if I could separate it from that. The fact that it is inextricable from the fact that Orskin Scott Card is a dick is problematic for me. Well, and, and, but and that's it, where it becomes black and white because it is inextricable. There's it is no inextricable, but it that. makes me upset that it's in, well, inextricable. Well, that is a valid feeling, but it, right. it, doesn't, it doesn't insert shades of gray where none exist. <laughs> right, but I'm saying it's still a dilemma for me because it makes me sad that I won't get to see it. It's like how I really love ice skating, and I really love it a lot, and I really love downhill skiing, and I'm really upset that the one time those things get some star billing is the Olympics, and I'm not going to get to watch the Olympics because they're in Russia. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just waiting to know where that was going. Okay. Yeah, me too. Get where you're going. In case no one else gets that, the entire country of Russia, or at least their government, is completely homophobic. It's pretty much exactly the same thing. Right. No, not pretty much. It 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 is exactly. Not to mention the problems with the International Olympic Committee, which I will leave for another time and another podcast. Yeah, I was going to say that's a whole other can of. It is. It is, and it's a pretty detailed and ridiculous, disgusting one. one, Yeah. So anyhow. Point being, you know, this, this is a discussion that needs to be had, it needs to be heard, but I, I firmly believe uh, that there is a moral, there is no moral justification for me going to see that movie, or for me talking about this movie anymore, and this is the absolute last that I am going to have to say about it, because I am revulsed, and that's that. I don't think revulsed is a word, but I'm going to let you have it. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I like it, so we can keep it. We'll call the OED tomorrow. Perfect. So, Zombrarian. Yes. You had something you really wanted to talk about. I do. (laughs) It's all yours, babe. I'm trying really hard. I'm giggling. Okay. Um, My ears are going to turn really red while I'm reading this aloud in case anyone wanted to envision what's happening in my life right now. Um, so Benedict Cumberbatch is amazing, and we all know that, um, and his new movie is called The Fifth Estate, it's coming out, I don't know, really soon, sometime really soon, um, and it's not genre at all, so we're not going to talk about that movie, but we are going to talk about the fact that to promote it, some genius said, hey, Benedict Cumberbatch, go on Reddit and do an AMA. Oh, good Lord. An AMA, for those of you who don't know, is an Ask Me Anything thread where you ask the person anything you feel like. Explain AMA. Yeah, we kind of do. Anything you feel like. And they kind of choose what they answer. But it's, there's a lot of sharing that goes on in an AMA thread. <laughs> That's a great um, way to put it. Well, because it's Reddit. Um, and there's no one saying, well, this brings down the tone of our website, so we can't have you answer that. We also have no standards here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Yeah, which is Obviously. why we're going to share this part of the AMA. Um, so, first of all, read the whole thing, because Benedict Cumberbatch is insanely witty and fun, um, and was really, really excited about doing an AMA on Reddit, which is so fun. Like, he didn't seem bored or dragged into it at all. It may have been his idea. I don't know. Um, The very best part of it, I will read it to you. The question was, do you, Matt Smith, and Tom Hiddleston have cheekbone polishing parties? (laughs) In a normal interview, you don't answer that question. Instead, Benedict Cumberbatch's answer is, we like nothing better than buffing our igoma and imagining a horny, time-traveling, long overcoat, purple scarf-wearing, super sleuth, Nordic legend, fuck fantasy. Get to work on that, internet. Oh, Challenge oh. accepted. Challenge. And then it was. And well, people happen. drew, like, quick little sketches of this happening and posted <laughs> them in the thread. And Benedict Cumberbatch looked at them and commented on them. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) So, basically, the internet is now broken, in case you weren't aware that that happened. There will be a link in in the show notes. Never fear. So, I would like to continue with this with um, a little bit of Sleepy Hollow. We've been talking about this every every, uh, week since it started, I think. But this week's episode was an A-plus for storytelling... Uh, a D minus for historical accuracy. Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> I, I mean, it was an engaging plot. It was a quick moving plot. It held my interest. It was mildly amusing, but goddamn, they did not speak Middle English in the American colonies. Oh, and not you... even close. And Second of all, you don't not... need to subtitle the Middle English when it's basically the same as regular English. Come on. 
Warten ist dein well, some name. There. <laughs> I love that one. Warten is dein name. I, what does that even mean? I don't know if there were no subtitles. Mm, it means, uh, what's your name, kid? Oh, oh. That's I think the feeling was, if you have to subtitle some of it, you have to subtitle all of it. I did appreciate that as the font for the subtitles, they used that ridiculous gothic script <laughs> just to further confuse the issue. <laughs> so, it, it second was... of all, as Zombrian pointed out, there are a lot of women and children in that colony. In the one on the show. Yeah. In I, actual Roanoke, there were many. not that many. I didn't notice that, but now that I'm thinking of it, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. There were, in fact, too many people in general, I think. Number three, it makes perfect sense for them to relocate to upstate New York, obviously. They walked there. Yeah. It was a Up slow there. walk. <laughs> on their feet through the winters. <laughs> While they were wow. sick. Following a ghost. <laughs> with, with a million women and children. Wow. No, you Drapped know what it was? The ghost, the ghost totally created a portal and they teleported there. Oh, okay, I guess. This was so obvious that they didn't have to say it. Okay, so so here's here's the problem with, with this week's, last week's Sleepy Hollow. You're right, it was really engaging and really funny in spots and and just dumb enough to let you get by but the minute you started thinking about it, you just kind of went, oh, God, no. And that's unfortunate because it was doing okay there for a while. You know, it was inconsistent a little no, bit. I think it's still this doing okay. I just want to say, guys, put on your try-harder hats. <laughs> because for all of our sakes, please. You know what my first thought was? My very first thought was, oh, he speaks Middle English? Why is he there how did he get there from Europe? No, and I, right. I really like the line where he was like, Middle English, which was mostly spoken in the Middle Ages. Like, thanks, Sherlock. Really? <laughs> what? <laughs> also, I thought it was a little weird that nobody ever addressed the fact that the Horseman of Pestilence was a samurai warrior and that that was racist. None of it was racist. It doesn't really make any sense. It's totally out of context. Yeah. It didn't well, and the out of context and oddness of it is why I think it's racist. I'm not sure he was a samurai. I think he might have been Chinese. Samurai is Japanese. Kind I'm of looks samurai, but I don't know. So he, he was Asian. <laughs> was He's Asian. There are many different kinds of Asian. For those of you who don't know, I know, and now I was racist. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of them as different and subtle nuanced flavors, all of which are delicious. Okay, that creepy was jar. on Creepy Jar time. <laughs> so, Dead Redhead. Yeah. Blacklist? What? What? Okay. Has I anybody else watched it? I'll ask first. Anybody else try it? I haven't, I haven't tried it yet. What is it? It's kind of this season's the following... If anybody has watched the following last season, only it doesn't have the whole serial killer thing. Oh, okay. Um, this is more... We is this have, the one with James Spader? This is the one with James Spader, and he plays an international kind of terrorist guy who's so far above 
the terrorists at the CIA, everybody in the CIA knows who he is, but nobody else kind of knows who he is. And he's like a super secret holder, if you will, international secret holder. And he's decided to help this young FBI agent, um, which each episode, just like uh, when we had the one last, the following last year, each episode you get a few more strands to try to put the story together and figure out what's going on. And he, what he's doing is feeding this young FBI agent information to potentially stop, stop large terrorist things from happening if she can figure it out in time. Oh, God, the terrorists! Well, we're talking like trains being derailed and hundreds of people dying and um, exposing, like we had one where uh, somebody who supposedly was the head of this organization that was supposed to be helping a women who were exploited in other countries was actually exploiting them herself and nobody knew this and he helped her expose that. Um, so taking down the nasties, what they call the blacklist, the top terrorist creepoids in the whole world and it's really neat that he'll just give her a couple little clues and then you have to see how they piece things together to try to figure out what's going to happen who it's going to happen to why it's going to happen and then put it together and why this is even happening in the first place i wish that writers would get less lazy and stop being like omg terrorists there are, <laughs> there are other things which you could make villainous well, yeah, it, it works for are so <laughs> fucking boring at this point. You know what? Look at Washington right now. Yeah, it's a whole lot of interesting stupidity going on there right now. Well, that's just that you know you've got the one guy who, unfortunately, is probably the worst, the most poorly written character is the FBI agent who says, "We can't believe this guy. He's you know done terrible oh, things." Lord. So he's the stupid character you just kind of ignore. But James Spader is so good. It's kind of like in the following watching Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was so good in that series. And it's the same thing. You're watching the main character more than anything else. Spader has been terrific in virtually everything he's Kevin done. Bacon seriously. I have problems with Bacon you too. Shut your mouth. <laughs> something about the shape of his head and his hair. It's just funny. <laughs> That is Kevin motherfucking Bacon. I just, I cannot <laughs> His take last him name tells you everything you need to know about how amazing he is. Bacon. Bacon. Come yeah, on. Good point. But I mean, Spader has come so far from when he was in Pretty in Pink, let me tell you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> the stuff he did on Boston Legal was incredible. Yes. Yes. This is uh, the same kind of very dry humor, very laid back approach. So if you liked him in Boston Legal, even though it's a very different show, you'd probably like him in Blacklist. And it's just really, you're trying to just figure out where the storyline is going, because they're really not showing too many of their cards at this point. Uh, I want to talk for a few minutes about Zcon and our friend oh. Mike. Who been there? That... Did we lose? A friend of mine, Mike, uh, Mike Doherty. Yeah. We go. No, my son. Yeah, you're with us. Yeah, no, I was saying Mike Doherty, yeah, with Zcon. That's awesome. Glad you guys are talking about that. Oh, yeah, we've been talking about it every week. He's about uh, a quarter of the way to his goal. You. Yes, I do. Oh. You know, they got featured on the Indiegogo homepage. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Stop the presses. Wait a minute. What? I just brought up the Indiegogo homepage, and the feature project right now is Bootsy Collins. Oh, no, cool! <laughs> I fucking love Bootsy Collins! What's not to love about Bootsy I Collins? I give a funk tour album and documentary. I am funding this motherfucker. <laughs> Rihanna, we actually agree on something. And oh there's my. an early bird special! Yes! I want it. And so Zcon. Oh right, Zcon <laughs> is a movie Z-Con. that should definitely get made. Yeah, we want to talk some more about that because unlike a lot of these uh, movie crowdfunding deals, you've got to drop you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars in there just to get like at the level to get anything. He's got yeah. the five dollar level uh, where you get yeah. the HD vision, digital version of the movie. That's all awesome. five. Freaking box. Yeah. He's thinking good. They're thinking of volume. You know, a lot of people. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So you know, talk to it. Talk to your friends about it. We've got. We'll have the link up. Uh, we're going to have Mike on again very shortly. I hope he was supposed to be on a week ago, but uh, contractual contractual obligations stopped him from coming on. I believe CBS wouldn't allow him to. I don't know. Whatever. What? I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> it just sounded good. Oh my god, yeah. I, I'm literally seriously funding this right now, and, and the PayPal line item says Bootzilla Fan Club. Yes! <laughs> That's me! I am in that! You're in the Bootzilla Fan Club. Hell Look at you. yeah, I am! Nice. Who isn't? Ah. <sighs> You know, for $5,000, you could be a producer on Zcon. I think you get an IMD uh, credit, too, don't you? Yeah, you absolutely do. I don't know what that does for you, but... <laughs> hey, it'd be cool to be on IMDb. Absolutely. Sure, why not, yeah. <laughs> but you can just sit back and never do anything again. You got your credit. <laughs> you know what happens when you're on IMDb? No, You what? become only one degree away from Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. That's right. Well, who is also on IMDb. Who is also on IMDb. <laughs> He's on IMDb right next to Kevin Bacon. Which so means Jay- you're only two degrees away from me. And that's even cooler. Because <laughs> I am only one degree away from Kevin Bacon. Okay, so I've got one more. I actually have two more stories I want to very briefly talk about. Okay. But we only have time for one. So I'm going to let you choose between... J.J. Abrams or Joss Whedon? Joss, Joss Whedon, obviously. <laughs> Unanimous vote. Because J.J. Abrams claimed in an interview that CBS doesn't want a Star Trek series, which is a lie, by the way. But that's okay. There's a whole lot of stuff going on with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. Uh, the show's been getting better and better every week. It's slowly building up steam quite nicely, uh, layering the characters quite nicely. The question that keeps coming up is how is Agent Coulson still actually alive? We clearly all saw him die, and they drop they drop little hints in every single episode. He's a robot. Obviously. Uh, that's one of the things that they're saying is a possibility. Come on, it's Joss Whedon. He's a robot. Could be a robot. He's totally a robot. According to the Marvel world, there are those, there are these, they're like 
doom bots, only they're more like genetically humanized robots. So that's probably as the show's it. foremost authority on whether or not they're robots. <laughs> He's a robot. Okay. Well, I'm glad we settled that question. And on that note... Well, the, the comment is that he, they're calling him a life model decoy. Yes. Which is a robot. An LMD. You're saying he's a robot, so there's no question here, which means we should move on to the polls so we can start talking about this awesome comic. <laughs> I think we just got segued to you, Dead Redhead. All right. So, we had asked everybody what movie should be played during this Halloween season, because they're playing this, not only is it horror movie month, it's also month to play, to, uh, yeah, play lots and lots of crap. Um, so, he asked people what movies they really wanted to see during the month of Halloween, and we had unbelievable amount of answers. Unfortunately, many of them only got one person who was behind them. Like, you know, the Goslins wanted to see House on Haunted Hill, and Christy Schoonover wanted to see um, was it one of those the old German movies? Where is it? I found it. Oh, Mr. Sardonicus. Um, <laughs> but we did have three that stood out. We had one winner, and we had three runners up to it. So the runners up very quickly included uh, Mr. Hitchcock was very well represented in this group. Uh, the three runners up were The Birds, Psycho, and the original Dracula, which I thought they used to, they usually show Psycho. Maybe they're showing the remake, which kind of sucked, but um, they used to show the original. And like I said, the original Bela Lugosi Dracula. And the winner is. Is uh, Nosferatu by Everybody right. or No? Very good call. Yeah. No, Metropolis. That's for Halloween, really, well, though? For, ha for Halloween? Yeah, for Halloween. Okay, okay. She's basically the first ever Cyberman. Yeah, that's she true. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, at some point we have to talk uh, about who would, who of the of the. Dracula is is the best. We did last year. Did we? Yeah. Did I push really Frank Langella did. in everybody's face? What you guys want with? You can push Frank Frank Langella's Dracula in my face whenever you want to, Dome. I will put that up. Wow. I voted for the guy who played him on Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that was horror bad. I think number one was Bela. I think number one came in as Bela, and number two came in as James Marsters. So, even though he wasn't Dracula. <laughs> I, think we, I think our vote was favorite vampire. Might have been. That's what yeah. it was, yeah. Sorry, what are we talking about? Favorite. I got so distracted reading about Bootsy. <laughs> We're talking about Bootsy Collins as Dracula. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. Setting the Wayback Machine, a couple of months ago, I got an, uh, a Facebook kind of push from Art O'Callaghan saying, hey, I've got something you might be interested in. And he sent me a link to a video uh, for a, a comic. Explain, explain how that, this came about, Art. The, the comic or the, the video? The, the whole thing. The whole thing. Uh, all right, if you want to go way, way back. Uh, back so home how did this I whole comic thing start anyway? Thank you. <laughs> Dr. K, if you're listening, Dr. you're welcome. <laughs> I uh, am an artist overall, but uh, I always, always loved comic books since, since I was a kid. And uh, 
in, in back home in Ireland where I grew up used to tell us these mythological tales about like Coo Colin and uh, Finn McCool and all these kind of, like really interesting characters and I figured hey why not do um, a comic book set in that universe so I created my own character and went from there he is uh, like a member of the Fianna which are a historical like a group of, uh, of uh, soldiers and um, they're like the elite of of their of their kind in the day, and uh, it's a story of one particular uh, guy called Rogan McTeer, who's fictional. It's uh, a great name, though. Sorry, just keep talking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm enjoying no. listening to you talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, am I still on? You yeah, are. But, you are. Yeah. We're just enraptured. Yeah. Uh, so I went with my own character so I can do whatever the hell I want. You know, I can like introduce robots if I really feel like it, but I'm not going to, obviously. But it's set like about... No spoilers! <laughs> yeah. I was holding out hope for that robot. No, well, there is a, a legend of an iron giant, which was another story they used to tell us about, which is uh, basically, basically the main villain who's not really an iron or a giant. Well, he is a giant, but... <laughs> Lies! It's, all lies! Yes, there's lots of deception going on. There's a lot of smoke and there's a lot of weird stuff going on. It's it's a good story, I hope, anyway. But it's set about uh, 100 BC. So it's kind of far back there. Not quite touching on the Bronze Age, but it's, it references, references a lot back to even f way further back. We're uh, like getting into like Irish mythology, which is a lot of that is based on Greek mythology, so there's, there's a lot of similarities there. So if in some of the characters in it are like divine, they're like semi, semi-gods, or descended from like the actual gods, a bit like the titans and gods, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of parallels there. And there are the Tua de Nua, which are almost like they go, you know, they're like a m mystical beings. They have, you know, strange powers and stuff. But these are all the things you used to teach us about, like Tirnanog, which is a land of the undying, which is basically, you know, um, the, the Grey Havens. And uh, there's, a, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. Okay, I, I have a and, question and, for you. Sure. Um, Irish mythology, I feel like, unless you grow up in Ireland, is often <laughs> overlooked in popular culture. Absolutely, but it is drawn upon constantly, uh, like, you know, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, there's, a, there's, like, when I started really reading into Irish mythology, I'm like, oh, okay, so that's where he got that from, and oh, man, so oh. that's what he's talking about. But, but no one's going to think to go back there, except for, like, you know, you, which is awesome, um, <laughs> part of the reason that you're awesome, but what was your intention with this comic series to sort of bring that rich culture and heritage to a new generation of readers. Absolutely, yes. And put it in like a format that people are a little more familiar with, like like uh, just battles and the warriors. Well, it's kind of that's the kind of how they taught it to us anyway. And uh, there's a lot going on. It's um but I've you know totally made it into my own fantasy world where I can basically do what I want and not get held accountable by like uh, academics and 
people saying, hey, that never happened, or that's not not accurate. You so, clearly know, hey, that never happened, because these yeah, characters never really existed within that universe. Well, it's not documented anywhere. It's not been, you know, it's not like lore, like folklore, or, uh, right. you know, but I, I just wanted to get away from that, so I had my own individual characters that I, I could pretty much do what I wanted to without getting bogged down and stuff. So it's kind I, I of wanna, like... Don't, one second. Go ahead. I want to sort of draw a parallel here between this and the Almighty Johnsons, because let me tell you oh, how yeah. much of the uh, Nordic mythology, not yeah. only did I learn by watching Almighty Johnsons, but then I was curious. I was like, how, how close are they getting? Like, did, like... Is Ul really the god of the hunt? And and mm-hmm. I I ended up on all these Wikipedia pages with these gods, and then I ended up reading about other gods. And before I knew it, I had not done work for like a week. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the obvious problems that created, I, it, then it became sort of a game when they introduced a new god, and they weren't sure who it was yet, or or Axel wasn't sure who it was yet. I'd be like. Who who do I think this is? And and it's a little they were a little opaque about it actually. So it's actually quite hard to guess. Um but it was it was fun and it was fun looking up and comparing what the actual legends were as compared to how they were interpreting them and putting their own spin on them. Yeah, well, that's excellent. I like that a lot. I haven't heard of them. I just looked it up. It looks cool. It's really but, um, cool. And by the way, don't I did finish it finally. Oh good. Then you were as horrified as I was. No, yeah. I'm fine with it. No, I'm so not. <laughs> so what what you've essentially done is kind of world building, but kind of not. Yeah. You've, you've taken that world that was handed to you through generations by your it own was, parents. It was yeah, but it's really just the essence of it, you know. It's uh, I've I've lifted like the Fianna, who are like very ingrained in Irish culture. There's like political parties named after him, but there are almost like the like the Jedi of the day of back in the day. They're like the elite uh, soldiers, and I p- picked. I gave him a completely different backstory, something that you know that I've never heard of before. He's like descendant from a, um, people who were like actually banished from Ireland and wandered the ancient world as mercenaries for a few generations. And then they come back at a time of like great need. So there's there's a you know there's a lot that's, that's something I've never heard before, and it's just different aspects and different things going on. So where is it set right now? Art? The actual story starts off right in the heart of Ireland. What I just described is basically backstory. That's his Rogan's backstory. He's like been you know grown up fighting in because once I heard about like Irish warriors fighting with Hannibal and over the Alps against Romans. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? I, I've never seen this. If you start researching it, there's, there's all these, they went all over the world. They did some amazing things. So it kind of, that was in the back of my mind. So I said, hey, he's just come back from all that. So he's kind of a little exotic. And he lands in Ireland and he's like an outsider. So it's just kind of creating conflict right away. And, there's all sorts of stuff going on. He's like just trying to get get to the bottom of things and sort out his mission, and uh, you know, try and help out in any way he can, kind of thing. He's he's a little bit square. Really. So so wait a minute, because because I know a little bit about Irish 
things. Yeah. So cool. so when I hear in a song them reference Fenian men, that would be the party that you're talking about that's referencing back to those characters. So they reference back way back. I mean, it goes back. In, yeah, Fenian. Yeah, which is different political things these days. But well, like yeah. you know, oh, that's so cool. Not, it's not a thousand. I always thought that was just like someone's name or something. But no, 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 no. Fenian Morris. Um, it's in like the Irish national anthem. Uh, um, um, making a bad reference there, but. It goes, way, it, goes, it goes quite far back is what I'm trying to get at. It's like pre-Viking era. It's like a, a very ancient Celts kind of thing. And uh, there's there's a lot going on there. There's been a couple of comic books come out in the last year or so about it, which I think they were kind of big in Ireland. I don't know if they really hit here yet. But uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a big, broad canvas and there's a lot to explore there. there's a lot of interesting stuff so art you sent me uh, a video and we're going to link the video to the sure. page how yeah. did that come about the video yeah just it's really freaking good yeah it, it's just inspiration man i was just excited and i'm trying to uh try to get a you know like a, obviously a picture tells a thousand words and but throwing a little sound a little music and you got something you know and it's just a lot of energy and this is what I'm trying to convey through it. So, uh, so what's what's the plan for Rogan McTire? I will do a Kickstarter this year or uh, early um, next year. I've started like a little co-op with friends of mine. They're doing their own Kickstarter. Um, they're actually based in Somerville. By uh, a friend of mine, his name is Bob Howard. He's doing a, his comic book called uh, GWF, which is as tonally and artistically as far apart as you can get. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the Galactic uh, Wrestling Federation. It's like more of a um, younger audience. We're completely diverse, but he likes my project. And we're going to like uh, just pool our resources and stuff and like go for, um, like, like maybe go but completely diverse projects so we can kind of work feed off each other's networks and stuff but and nice you know whatever else anyone has to put into it we're just kind of reaching out and they're friends of mine and i really like them do yeah he's the owner of uh, kamikaze in uh davis square comic book store oh yeah yeah they're really nice guys i mean they were the the most receptive people you know you go out with a comic book and you kind of I did, you know, cons are big and wild. So I said, hey, man, why don't I hit locally and see what happens, you know. A few places that are kind of looking at me silly, and I walk in there, and he's like, well, you know, I don't really want to push this yet because I don't know it, you know. Let me tell me about it. And he, he was really interested, and we started talking over the, over the weeks, and, uh, like, you know, we bonded and got our friendship going, and he says, you know, I've been there, you know, they were the first people to say, hey, you understand what you're feeling, you're, you're reaching out and it's tough out there. And he's like, you know, let me give you a little shot here, see, see what you got. And he, he likes my stuff, so we're kind of forming, forming a little team. So, Art, being from a country with an incredibly rich musical tradition, yes, have you considered doing a soundtrack? Oh, oh what a great idea. I would absolutely love it. 
Teach Kriana, who do you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will invite you to come down to the Skellig in Waltham at 8 p.m. on Tuesday nights uh, when we have a very lovely session. Um, I love going to sessions. Absolutely. I love tradition. Big fan of it. You know, like some really good uh, drum beat and get uh, get the bar on going. It's an automatic beat and you get excitement right away and it's... Absolutely, I would. I would love to hook up with some musicians. Well, I mean, even if it was just <laughs> a Spotify playlist of things that inspire you, I feel like it needs to have some sort of music to go along with it. Well, yeah. if you look at the video, you see that it, it the tie-in is just so deep and visceral. I, that's why I. The minute you sent me the link to that video, I just kind of went, "Yes, now I get it." Yeah. It's dramatic, you know, it's like action, it's like a lot, of, it's, it's, it's adventure is what it is. When you get away from the whole background, it's like an awesome adventure with a lot of action and just like cool stuff and just really enjoy doing it. But I'd love to put some like uh, really cool um, traditional music in, into it. It's just trying to find the right artists and the right music and someone willing to like a contribute, you know. Well, we have a great group of musicians down there in in Waltham, which is again not too far from anything else that we've been uh, talking about in Somerville and whatnot. So yeah, no, we're, no, I live in Reading actually. So where is it? It's in Waltham. Yeah, yeah, right, right on Moody Street. You can get there really yeah. easily from either uh, ninety or ninety five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been going time. there for years. It's really, really oh, fun. Yeah. And for the past month, we've had this really fantastic harpist coming. Yeah. Really fantastic. Very cool. And actually, send me a link. I'll, I'll show up. Absolutely. I'll be there. So, at the end of the Kickstarter project is to put together a graphic novel? Is, is uh, well, I can do it all the pencils myself. Um, I need a little Kickstarter help to... Uh, well, one goal, but basically is to ink it, which I can do digitally somewhat to a certain degree, but if you, I'd, I'd love to go get an, a, a really good inker that's, like, you know, on it, and, like, a stretch goal would then be to color it, which is, is like, you know, it's a big deal, but basically to get, uh, um, I, I, but then to, like, print them, it's something ready, and maybe, like, go to Diamond or whoever, and, and basically mm-hmm. might be for... Um, advertising and get it out there, you know, that's, that's where you kind of flop fast. It's like reaching people, you know, you can have the greatest idea in the world, but if no one sees it, you know, it's not doing you any good. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we get closer to doing this Kickstarter project, mm-hmm. we'd like you to come back on the show. Absolutely. So that we can yeah. we can follow it on a weekly basis, and we can talk it up with you and for you to oh, help yeah. you get this project off the ground because this looks cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Put a lot of time into the banana for like two and a half years already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Sounds know we've been like bugging it. you to have you on the show about it for at least yeah, that long. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like you said, uh, you know, I said, oh, yeah, I got something, but there's, it's so involved, and you, you have to, you, you really got to get something down and done before you start, like, pushing her out there. Absolutely. You have to have something to show people, something you, you say, okay, I'm ready, like, you know, I like what I've done, and got a lot of art to show people, so, 
No. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Art. We really appreciate having you Thank on. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you, Kriana. Thank you all. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You're the best. Kriana, who's coming up in the next couple of weeks? I will tell you that in a minute. Oh, I see you got caught again. <laughs> I got too excited. Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a musical mm -hmm. night for me between Bootsy and whatnot, but Zcon, that's important. All right. right. Next week, we're talking to MySciFiStories.com. On November 2nd, uh, we're putting up the New England Horror Writers Extravaganza. On November 9th, we're talking to Bex Fine about the intersection of fashion and fandom. On the 16th, legendary designer Tommy Zotos. On November 23rd, George O'Connor will join us to announce when 664 The Neighbor of the Beast will be getting a third season with special guest Griffin S., and on November 30th, J.S. Morin introduces the final chapter of the Twinborn Trilogy. Dead Redhead. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals and original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at Rob Watts on let me start that one again. <laughs> Rob Watts Online. All one word, folks. RobWattsOnline.com. Dome! Oh, much better now. I want to thank Art for joining us tonight. Art of Callahan. The name of the book is called Rogan McTire. Uh, look for it. We'll send you the links to it on the website. Check it out. It's really cool. I want to thank the cast for joining us tonight. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and Grammar Girl Zombrarian. Thank you very much, ladies. What's Bootsy doing? <laughs> From the Four Color Vault of Comics, thank you, Dead Redhead. Flashlight. Okay, this is Dome saying, Genie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody.